everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And I hope that Santa Claus brought us some good prospects. Jesus. Yeah, Santa definitely. That was like the most tentative intro (laughs) sentence you've ever said. (laughs) Yeah, Santa Uh, definitely put a lump of coal down my chimney. Yeah, but... It doesn't matter how tentative I was. Some players had to make some decisions and sign on the dotted line on National Signing Day. 17 high school seniors signed with Tech this past week in the early signing period for football. Uh, Evan, how did that shake down? I guess you could have gone with Sonny Cumbie got some uh, some good Christmas cheer. Um, or he adopted 17 sons. Yes. Enough. <laughs> 17 new Bulldogs um, signed. And uh, here's here's the position breakdown. We had nine on offense and eight on defense, so pretty balanced there. As you can imagine, um, we all watched this team last season, and there's a lot of position needs that we have. So five offensive linemen signed um, out of this high uh, high school class, which is uh, you know pretty good. Offensive line not a not a need really. Our, our offensive line this last year was pretty solid, but. You can never have too many uh, too many guys to develop at that position. We had uh, three skill players, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and then a quarterback, uh, four-star kid out of Anna High School in uh, Texas named Evan Bullock. Um, and then on defense, we had four defensive backs, two defensive linemen, and two linebackers. So again, spreading it, spreading it around. Um, anything that surprises you guys just from those numbers, not necessarily the names or anything like that, but any thoughts about the breakdown there? I like that it's balanced. Yeah. I, that That's what struck me as soon as you said it was nine and eight. Which, and even uh, offensively, it's balanced. One of each of the skill positions and then five offensive linemen. Building oh, towards yeah. something here. I just yeah, hope for the sure. fan base doesn't have delusions of grandeur that nah, this first recruiting class is going to come in and win 10 games or whatever. <laughs> But it's a step in the right direction. The breakdown's great. I love offense. Uh, there's a couple of playmakers that, that have come in that I'm pretty excited about that I uh, can fill you guys in on. Yeah, I, I think the one, I guess, disappointment or question mark that I have is only two defensive linemen. Really? Uh, defensive line was was pretty rough this past season. And I know there's excuses for that in, in terms of the transfers out. And yeah, it's a weird situation. This is really the first time we're dealing with this, like having Sonny Cumbie in place already. We've got the transpo- transfer portal open. We've only taken 17 players so far. Obviously, there's still the late signing period. So I think there's a lot of question marks for a lot of coaching staffs too. Like, okay, you want to see how the portal shakes out, but then you've also got the late signing period. Maybe some high school kids are holding out for a P five offer. That's not going to come if they can fill that guy's spot with the, with the transfer who's, you know, played right. You know, if, if Ole Miss can sign Trey Harris, why would they sign a high school uh, wide receiver who, who hasn't played at the collegiate level, you know? So I, I don't know. I think it's, it'll be interesting to see like what happens in the late period. Tech is also in a little bit of a weird situation where uh, if you want to go to a semester school and start school right away, you might transfer to a semester school. But Tech is one of like three FBS programs that are on the quarter system. So Oregon is on the quarter system. I think Oregon and maybe Stanford. Um, one of the California right. schools, I believe, is is also on it. It might be Cal. Um, 
But what I'm what I'm saying, I guess, is that, you know, it might be weird for a kid to maybe be interested in transferring to tech. And then tech is like, oh, yeah, but you got to sit at home until March. You know, that's not really on the table for everybody. Not everybody can just tell their parents like, hey, I'm I'm just going to come hang out at home (laughs) for for three months while I wait for Louisiana Tech to get in session. So. Uh, so uh, I got a little input on a couple of the guys that signed. So Evan Bullock, quarterback out of Anna High School, which I'm guessing is somewhere in the DFW. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's about an hour outside of Allen because that's where he went originally. Allen Eagles. They won their first state championship when my boy Nick was going there. Shout out Nick. So this Bullock guy. Pretty great tape. Uh, one of my favorite things to do to pass time when I hear about these new recruits is going on huddle and seeing kind of what these guys are all about. So Bullock actually pretty impressive. Uh, he's got the size, six foot four. I uh, threw for forty one hundred yards and fifty six touchdowns, <laughs> uh, which is that, pretty, that was pretty, last year too. That was just yeah. in one season. Yeah, which is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, forty one hundred yards, fifty six touchdowns is ridiculous. What really stuck out to me besides his size and the eye-watering numbers, got really good arm strength. He is He's very accurate, but what really stuck out to me was the arm strength. I haven't seen that kind of arm strength at a Liddy. I didn't really see it at a Parker or, or, or Downing. This guy can really torch the football. So I think more competition at quarterback is excellent. That's always a good problem to have. I don't think he's going to come in and give Liddy a run for his money, but if he did, that'd be pretty cool because it means he's probably pretty damn good. So that's uh, one guy I wanted to bring up is uh, Evan Bullock. Looks like a, yeah. looks like a pretty good get. I don't know who else offered yeah. him, but it looks like yeah, he's a, a pretty good get. It's kind of a weird situation that I guess we won't go into too much, but he didn't really get other offers. If that makes sense. Uh, his, his high school coach is uh, Scott Parr. One of our offensive coaches, brothers, so it could be a situation where, you know, I think I, I don't really know how all this works, but I think a lot of the recruiting stuff goes through the high school coaches. And so it could be Scott Parr's brother being like, bro, he's like, you know, maybe Arkansas State calls and he's like, man, he's like super committed to Louisiana Tech. You're wasting sure. your time. But it makes no sense to me that people wouldn't push harder when he's like leading Texas he's the leading passer in Texas last year with 56 touchdowns and 4,100 yeah. passing yards. Like he was a semifinalist for Mr. Texas football, right? Johnny it, football semifinalist. Oh, what's really crazy. Is on, no, <laughs> so what's really crazy <laughs> is on rivals. Only has one school listed La Tech. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is, it just seems really weird. Right, Evan, who do you have to talk about out of this class? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a few. I think Evan Bullock is probably the the big name that you'll see. But I'm picking defensive back Michael Richard. I'm assuming it's Richard because he's from New Orleans. Uh, it's Michael Richard otherwise. But uh, I'm going to go with Richard. Uh, he's out of Edna Carr High School down there in New Orleans. He's a three-star guy. He's Edna Carr. Yeah. My God. Three-star guy who plays safety. And he's, he's pretty small uh, right now. 5'10", so good good height for a safety, but 165 pounds currently. So he's going to need some more weight uh, on his frame. <laughs> uh, but if you go watch his tape, Matt, and if you haven't, I would highly recommend it next time you're bored at work. 
Uh, this dude hits hard. Like he does not care. He does. He's not aware that he only weighs 165 pounds. And uh, I'm excited about him because I think tech has been lacking some physicality, especially on the back end of the defense the past couple of years. And this kid's tape is basically a montage of hard hits after hard hit. Uh, so he's also pretty decent in coverage and can, um, can keep up with running backs and stuff like that, or, uh, wide receivers. I mean, but, uh, yeah, if we can get some weight on his frame this summer, I think he might be a guy that can be starting by the end of next season. Like he, he plays, he finds the football, he plays hard. He's the kind of guy that I I think the coaches are going to love. Um, coach Cumby said, Michael is a hard hitting safety from Edna Carr high school. And we expect him to come in this spring and compete for playing time immediately. Uh, so hopefully actually that sounds like he might be here for spring ball, which is nice. Uh, you never know with these high school kids, if they're going to graduate early or whatever. Sure. Um, and, and Michael said, I chose Louisiana tech because of the genuine relationships, the coach's loyalty, respect, and honesty, and to join a program on the rise in a football city. So uh, shout out Michael Richard. That's that's pretty cool to hear. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. The player I've got my eyes on. Also a familiar high school, like we said, for Edna Carr. This one is from West Feliciana. Okay. And I'm excited about that because the last time we got a defensive lineman from West Feliciana, I think it was Jalen Ferguson. Damn. All right, PJ uh, Ferg, rest in power. Yeah, absolutely. And Devin Whitaker is the, the new guy on campus. A few inches shorter, but a few pounds heavier. Probably will play interior defensive line rather than the end. But one of our highest ranked by the rivals ranking, which recruiting is a crapshoot, so you never really know. But like in his clips, another guy that likes to hit hard, they had him playing linebacker in high school. Imagine a 260 pound linebacker oh, in high school. Oh, oh uh, my God. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd, I would be afraid to to play West Feliciana at that point, too. So I'm excited to get him on campus and see what he's able to do uh, with our issues that we had on the defensive line this past year. I'm really excited to see if he can create some sort of presence, especially in the pass rush. Yeah, um, I'm looking at his offers here. He he held offers from Florida State, Penn State, Purdue, ULM, Nichols, Northwestern, and Prairie View. Uh, Florida State and Penn State. That is, I mean, those are like Penn State is a top ten program, right? I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, he says he chose Louisiana Tech because of the atmosphere, the coaches, and the program. And then Sonny Cumbie said that Delvin's playmaking ability on tape jumps out. He's all over the field and will be that way for us at DT. So, yeah, uh, defensive tackle, Nathan. Explosion and disruption is what we expect from Delvin in the trenches. So maybe that's why we only went with two guys, because this guy's going to come in and be a, a great player right off the bat. I don't know how many of these players that signed are from Texas, but I hear a lot of the guys are coming from Louisiana. It's a really hard state to recruit people. Let's see. In Texas is hard. It feels like Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, yes. Florida. Those are the toughest states to recruit in. So seven of the of the seventeen are from Texas, and the other ten are all from Louisiana. It's a pretty good split. I mean, we do pretty well in East Texas. But it's nice to some recruits from. Let's be honest here. Almost all of them come from the southern half of Louisiana. And yeah, I mean, I've heard great things about some of our coaches in terms of their recruiting prowess, especially um, who, whichever one is recruiting New Orleans, I think is very well known. And like I said, it's all about the relationships with the high school coaches, I think. Sure. Um, so, you know, if if you know and trust the high school coach and you've built that relationship, like they'll they'll help you get in touch with their players and 
you know, sort of let you know which ones are good and which ones aren't worth your time. I think sure. so. A couple, um, other, couple other things here. I know that we offered a long snapper transfer portal long snapper. I don't think that he's accepted yet. So uh, he could be going somewhere else, but I know that we got to fill that void. A lot of other yeah, the transfer transfer people don't have to sign. I think they can sign whatever they want, and the school probably isn't going to announce them officially until later. For some reason, we we figured some weird shit out last year where, like, if you announce them, you have to. Count, I don't know. You lose the scholarship whether or not they actually attend or not. Yes, that's right. Which is really dumb. <laughs> really dumb. Yeah, pretty dumb. So we're probably not going to announce any transfer, like official Louisiana Tech football on Twitter or on the website is not going to announce any transfers until probably March 10th or whatever, whenever spring quarter starts. Well, the only other person that I uh, watched tape on was uh, Keith Willis Jr., uh, running back. Uh, so there's some room at running back. I think the start running back is pretty much, I don't know. Maybe it is an open competition. I don't know, but I would think that that is a pretty solid spot for, uh, yeah, it was always, re- always need more guys in the running back room, right? You, <laughs> I mean, especially cause we can never predict who will be the leading rusher at the beginning of the season. I mean, we lost, uh, I believe Garner transferred out now. I believe, uh, Harlan Dixon is gone uh, now. Right. Uh, Keon Henry Brooks obviously announced he was transferring like the second week of the season. Uh, so I think it's down to Thornton and Crosby who are both good. Yeah. yeah they're leading, uh, they're leading backs, but that we took away all the depth we have behind them. Right. Yeah. And there's a guy on the roster named Keldrick Moody as well, but I've never heard of him before. So, so we got Keith Willis, junior kid at Houston running back to add some depth, to the backfield. I like this kid and pretty fun tape. Measuring stick for me is always going to be Kenneth Dixon's high school tape, which really should be uploaded on several X-rated video sites because it is absolutely absurd. It's a mesmerizing thing. Anytime I can talk about it, I will, because it's that incredible. But uh, all this kid doesn't measure up to that quite so. Uh, pretty similar in the way he runs. Uh, tough runner. Had, I think it was 1,500 yards and 30 touchdowns his senior year. So that is pretty, just like uh, Bullock, a lot of touchdowns. Between the tackles kind of runner, which you don't really see much of anymore. All these guys are trying to bounce outside and be like Tyreek Hill. This kid looks like, uh, he looks like the real deal. I, I, like, I'm not sure he's going to come out the gate and be incredible. But definitely going to add some much needed depth to an area that we're going to need some really good yeah. playmakers at. And I mean, here's the thing. He's 5'11", 215. Like that's already, that's, that's pretty, already pretty late. Like let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's get him in there. Not Make sure surprised. that 215 isn't baby fat and it's, uh, you know, it's muscle, but um, yeah, he, he said, uh, he chose Louisiana tech because of how the coaches comforted him and how the players welcomed me as if I was their brother. Um, so that's cool to hear. And then Sonny Cumbie says he's a big, powerful back that breaks tackles on the second and third level. He's a physical runner that runs North and South behind his pads. Like you said, Matt, uh, we're excited about adding him to our backfield. So, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, you can never have enough depth. And right now we really don't have any depth at that position. So um, I would expect some transfers at running back as well. Um, but Keith Willis Jr. Uh, should be a fun one to watch. Yeah, well, absolutely. So. And uh, something that was a lot of fun to watch if you happen to pay for Kusa.tv or be at the TAC to watch it was the basketball game this past week against Jarvis Christian. And it wasn't exciting because, you know, it was a 
good game or anything like that. It was a fun game to watch because we beat the pants off the Bulldogs because we're also the Bulldogs, but so is Jarvis Christian. Did they still have that tall white dude that they had last year? Good question. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his name, but um, he was he scored like 20 points in in their game against us last year. Anyway, whether they had him or not doesn't really matter. This game. Um, yeah. Tech kind of just made a lot of shots, right? I, I guess I guess that's how you win basketball games. But Nathan, how'd this one go? Yeah, you win games by scoring more points than your opponent. And oh boy, did Tech do that this past week. Really, the Bulldogs offense clicked early as each of Tech's starters hit a field goal in the first five minutes. And three minutes later than that, the Tech lead was up to 20 to 7. Later, the Bulldogs made it a 20 point lead after Davin Magnum hits three three pointers in less than two minutes to make it 46 to 26 with four minutes left in the first half. In total, it was a 24-5 run to end the half by the good Bulldogs to make it 59-27 at intermission. The lead continued to balloon well into the second half, and at 2 minutes and 9 seconds left, Taron Williams hits a three-pointer to accomplish a hoop troop cheer trifecta. First, it was a three-pointer, so that's a shock'em, or I guess they do sick'em now. Second, it was Tech's 100th point scored of the night. So it's time to run around the arena. And then third and finally, Jarvis Christian had 50 points to text 100 then. So it's also time for a two times your score. I'm not sure if the band was there because of its proximity to Christmas and everything. But I just imagine the whole section blowing up, trying to do all that at the same time. Yeah, they're running out of breath, running around the stadium, trying to do two chants at once. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And luckily for Jarvis Christian, the game ended not too long after that with a final score of 108 to 52. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot to take away from this one. Obviously you're playing the, you know, sort of last tune up game before, before your conference slate. I know we already had a conference game this year, but, uh, yeah, Jordan Crawford though, 27 minutes, uh, 13 points, 12 assists. So a nice double double for him with eight rebounds as well. So pretty damn close to a triple, you know, love, love to see him get a couple more rebounds there, but uh, he's named the conference player of the week, freshman of the week, excuse me, for for that performance. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. The other kind of fun fact about this game was the 56 point win was the fourth best in TAC history. Did not huh. bother to see what the three better games were, but I'm just going to assume they're all against ULL. Yes, <laughs> that sounds fair. Yeah, I think we can all agree to that. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't play Jarvis Christian this week. Instead, we return to conference play to play UTSA and Charlotte. This first game against UTSA will happen on Thursday, December 29th at 6 p.m. Central at the TAC or streaming on ESPN Plus, which is good news for us. Don't have to Hell get on yeah. Kusa TV to watch this one. Uh, the Bulldogs are 14-6 and all-time against UTSA and four straight victories for the Bulldogs heading into this one. But what do the Red Runners look like this year, Evan? Yeah, I mean, UTSA, not really a basketball powerhouse uh, like they've become in, in football. This year so far, they're 6-6 six and six with a Ken Palm rating of number 320. Uh, their best win came over Texas State, number 206. And their worst loss came to number 306, Dartmouth, in overtime. And they also lost to Grambling, uh, number 236, by 20 points. Um, both of those games were in San Antonio, and they were only two days apart. So uh, UTSA's had a, had a pretty rough go of things uh, so far this year. You know, six and six, though. So I guess they've won some games. Yeah, they've beaten a couple non-division one opponents. They've yeah, they beat Prairie View A&M and Word, Bethune-Cookman, the kind of schools that you expect to be able to win. 
Um, they also haven't gone away from their home arena very often. Uh, they lost to Texas A&M Corpus Christi by 20 points. And I guess Corpus Christi, uh, they lost to New Mexico, Utah, and then also North Texas. So yeah, this is not going to be one of the better teams that Tech will face this year. But I mean, with how we played only a couple weeks ago against UTEP and Stephen F. Austin, I still feel like we need another one of these tune-up games before we go deeper into conference play. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that's how they treat it. Like, let's go, let's go out and you know dominate a team that's not as not as good as we are, and get ready for the rest of our slate because Charlotte on Saturday is a pretty fucking good team. So uh, yeah, UTSA I mean, is not though. So you you got to win this game. It's at home. We cannot lose two in a row at home. Well, I guess the Jarvis Christian game breaks that up, but. Uh, you know, we don't like to lose in the tech. And uh, if we lose to UTSA, I think there's some deep, deep problems uh, this season. Um, that- and this game won't be a cakewalk either. This is still a team that will try to win. This won't be a Jarvis Christian kind of thing, but this is a game that we need to win. And what concerns me about how the Roadrunners play basketball is that they are, like a lot of teams we've played so far this year, a pretty good three-point shooting team. They're in the 90s ranking in Ken Palm right now, which is bad news because the Tech three-point defense ranks in the bottom 40 in college basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and UTSA is the 79th most three-heavy team in D1 basketball. Again, there's 363 teams. Great. So that's, they are pretty three-heavy comparatively. Wonderful. Love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. The other area where the Red Runners excel is from the charity stripe. They get to the line a lot, and they make 74% of their free throws. Nearly a quarter of all their points scored this year have come from free throws. Oh, wow. Uh, for comparison, Tech's number is around 18% rather than 24 or 25% from UTSA. But again, UTSA is not a good basketball team, and it's because of things like their two-point shooting, and they're also pretty bad at blocks, turnovers, and offensive rebounds. But it's it's the three-point shooting and I guess the one-point shooting that I'm especially afraid of on the offensive side from this UTSA squad. Yeah, nothing in between is scary. They're 336th in two-point percentage. But I mean, you know, this is not a great offensive team, but those three-pointer numbers are pretty scary if, if you're tech and if you've watched the last few tech games. Um, so I'll, I'll be interested to see if tech tries to, you know, force them to take two-point shots instead of three-point shots, right? Uh, yeah. You know, run a little perimeter defense um, and let them get inside and, and take jumpers. They're not a very tall team. They have a Jacob Germany who should sound familiar to tech fans. He's six eleven, uh, but other than that, I mean, nobody that's really playing a key role on their team is is taller than six foot seven. So yeah. Anyway, uh, defensively, Nathan, how does this team look? Defensively, this whole entire squad can be summed up with one word: bad. They are <laughs> below average on two point defense and rebounds bottom 30 in blocks, bottom 20 in turnovers, and bottom 10 in steals. The only saving grace for this Roadrunner basketball team is that they have defended the three-point shot pretty well. That's really about it, which is not the greatest news when they're shooting from three very well, and if we have to catch up, we may have to hit some threes. But everywhere else across the entire UTSA basketball defense is below average. Yeah, and, and most places significantly below average. Um, I did notice on that Jarvis Christian box score, we took 38 three pointers in that game. Uh, sounds like Coach Hester was kind of like, yeah, y'all better y'all better take some threes because <laughs> we need the practice. But yeah, I mean, those three pointer numbers are are a little scary, but I mean, I don't know. This this team's 
not not very good, right? Uh, we should should be able to win this game, I hope. Um, yeah, I hope so too. Yeah, I guess I'll go into my player to watch here. I'm going to go with the guy I just mentioned, Jacob Germany. He's six foot eleven. He's a senior. He's been around the block. You know, he he gets pretty involved. He plays 61% of the minutes at the five position. And yeah, I mean, he when he's on the floor, he's involved in 25% of their possessions. He's taken 26% of the shots. You know, he get he pulls down most of their boards, as you would expect from their tallest center, <laughs> their tallest player, who's also the center. Yeah, he so, you know, if anybody is going to be able to, to gum up the works in the middle and also get those second chance um, opportunities, which they're not particularly good at, as a team, but he, you know, he's going to be the one that can, can really go off if we're trying to defend the perimeter, um, you know, look for him inside. Yeah, the guy I'm most afraid of is DJ Richards, who will not be out, who will not be inside, but rather outside. He's their three point specialist. Uh, right now he is hitting 41.4% of his three pointers attempted so far this year. Uh, that's in the top 250 of all college basketball players. Uh, he's also Decent from two and and hitting seventy five percent of his free throws as well, but also looks may, like he's a freshman. So yeah, a true freshman. Uh, so a team that likes to lean on their three point shooting and they will lean on him pretty hard against Louisiana Tech this upcoming Thursday. Matt, does anyone on this team speak to you? Uh, not personally. I, okay, uh, you're not getting your phone calls or anything. Uh, not yet. But Jacob Germany's last name is a country. That's uh, that is that is true. It is a rather daunting surname to carry. Uh, so is Bowfinger. Yeah, I was gonna say Bowfinger. His yeah, first name's Lachlan. Lachlan, Lachlan Bowfinger. Bowfinger. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a daring. Like... Sounds like a daring <laughs> sexual maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, no one really jumps off the page. Six foot eleven, Jacob Germany. I'm going with size. What else does UTSA possibly have? Now that I've said that, right. we'll lose by forty. Of course. Uh, yeah. So Matt, you mentioned ESPN's predicting 92 and a half percent chance to win uh, Ken Palm, which we're up to or down to, I mean, 166 right now in Ken Palm. So a lot lower than we're used to be in these past few years um, has us at an 87 percent chance to win 79 to 67. Massey has an 83 percent chance to win 78 to 67. What do you guys think? Matt, why don't you start us off? Uh man this team has been so so frenetic i'll say we win i'll get I'll, I'll say 12 to 15 point victory for la tech but wouldn't be all that surprised if they lost i i don't really know who this team is right now yep yep uh yeah i'd say that that sounds about right i don't think we'll lose this game i would be surprised if we lost i think it's gonna be you know relatively high scoring for us probably 80 to let's say 73 because I think that they're good at threes and we're bad at stopping threes. So I don't think it's that close. I think they'll hit a couple threes down the stretch to, to, you know, put the fear of God in us after we've been leading for 15 for most of the second half. So 80 to 73, I'll say. Maybe it's just because the loss to Stephen F. Austin had them shooting 44% from three, the loss to UTEP, they shot 33% from three. I'm concerned about them hitting three pointers. Yeah. And We've beaten teams even when we give up a bunch of threes, but they're closer games than they should be. Remember that Alabama AM game was a five point victory for the Bulldogs. I can honestly see us dropping this game. Oof. And so Oof. I that's I want to say it's like a one point loss or something like that. I I just 
this basketball wow. team outside of playing Jarvis Christian has really yet to show me everything clicking yet. Even though it's at home? Even though it's at home. Man. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> it's a Thursday night before New Year's, too, so I'm not really expecting it to be a large crowd either. No, it won't be a large crowd for sure. So, yeah, no I want to say students, students are still long gone off campus. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a large crowd, but I want to say like 79 to 78 or something like that. <laughs> brutal, brutal. Well, hopefully uh, that is not the case. Uh, and as the Bulldogs head off on the road to Charlotte on Saturday for a 1 p.m. Central game against the Charlotte 49ers, uh, I just realized it didn't look up what this is on. Is it ESPN? I believe it's also ESPN plus. Oh, nice. Oh, yes. a double ESPN plus action here for us. No, no need for Kusa TV this week, unless you want to watch the women's games. But anyway, tech is eight and one all time against Charlotte with the lone loss coming. The last time we played them uh, on the road, which was 2019 this year, the 49ers are nine and three so far and are 109th in Ken Palm. Their best win came against number 60 Boise State in a neutral site game, which they won 54 to 42. And their worst loss came to something called Detroit Mercy, which I assumed was a hospital, but I guess they put together like a -a (laughs) make-a-wish team or something. I I don't know. Uh, And Charlotte lost to them. Um, Was that the wish? Yeah. The Titans showed no mercy winning 72 uh, 49 in that game, but Charlotte later got revenge on them winning 82 to 80 in overtime in a second game, which they played at home in Charlotte. So uh, a little, little bit of a weird thing. We've seen that happen a couple times this year where some of our opponents have played the same team twice. And that happened here with Detroit mercy and Charlotte. So uh, yeah, but Nathan, what can you tell me about uh, the offense of the 49ers on offense? They are, you know, pretty good. They have a very balanced offensive attack. They're 50th in three-point percentage and 59th in two-point shooting percentage, making them 37th overall in effective field goal percentage. They also don't turn over the ball very much, coming at 60th in that statistic. Their one real weakness offensively is that they're not too great at creating second-chance opportunities from offensive boards. So, Tech on the defensive rim should be able to create some extra possessions or at least not allow Charlotte to create some extra ones for themselves. Yeah, they're also they're also not great at in that free throw uh, category, the free throw attempted so that they don't go to the line very often. They're 335th in that. So, you know, that that's pretty interesting considering that they have such a high um, a high percentage of two pointers and three pointers. I guess they're not getting those and one opportunities on those made made buckets. But yeah, I think Charlotte uh, presents a big challenge for Tech, uh, obviously ranked 50 in three-point percentage, so that's a lot higher than UTSA, and we just got done talking about UTSA. Um, Nathan, I don't know if you can pull up that stat you were looking at for UTSA in terms of where their point distribution comes from. Can you can you find that? I'm curious. They score quite a few three-pointers, 77th most three-point heavy team in college basketball in terms of where their points come from. Unlike UTSA, they don't get a lot of points from free throws and two pointers are kind of middle of the pack. So, yeah, this is a three point shooting heavy offense again. Yay. <laughs> uh, not not happy about that. Are you sure? Yeah, um, okay. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, yeah, but defensively, they're uh, the good news, I guess, is that they're a little bit worse across the board than they are on offense, but they're still like 
pretty good. Um, they're 111th in effective field goal percentage against, 95th in causing turnovers, and 33rd best in allowing offensive rebounds. So they don't really allow um, a lot of a lot of second chance opportunities um, for their opponents. Um, the I guess uh, here's a, a compliment sandwich. I guess that they're really good at uh, preventing two pointers. Um, 14th best in the nation, but they are really bad at giving up three pointers, 319th in the nation. Um, so hopefully tech can get hot and, you know, Threeston can show up instead of, I guess, whatever his not three point name is, Keiston, I guess, but Easton, uh, Brixton. Yeah. Hopefully Keiston shows up, um, because, you know, they they can give up a lot of three point shots, three hundred nineteenth, like I said. Um, so tech will need to hit some to win this game. Yeah, talk about some players and the predictions in a second. I'm just not feeling too great about this one, uh, mostly because of three point shooters like Bryce Williams. Let's go with him. Uh, he is shooting three pointers at a forty eight point three percent clip. That's fifty ninth best in college basketball, and also yeah. making. 88.5% of his free throws at 69th best in college basketball. Um, they haven't really used him as much as you would expect so far this year in terms of getting him the ball and getting him shots. He hasn't taken the most three-pointers out of everyone on the team. He's just been the best at hitting them, uh, but he's still taken 29 himself. So that's a guy I'm scared of, even though there's a few of them, because unlike UTSA, there's no one guy shooting all the three-pointers. It's kind of spread out. Well, yeah, and we saw against Stephen F. Austin, like it doesn't really matter at the end of the day if you're the one taking the three pointer and hitting four of them in a row in the last five minutes of regulation. Like if you get hot, you get hot, right? You yeah. don't have to be the guy. So, yeah, I'm looking down their lineup here. They've got five guys averaging 40 percent or better from three. Uh, by comparison, Tech has three. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with. You know, this this team really likes to spread the ball around. Nobody on their team kind of dominates the possession numbers or the shot numbers um, in terms of like their shot percentage. So I'm going to choose their center, Ali Khalifa, and who pretty much does everything for them. He's second on the team, averaging 10.3 points per game, but first in rebounds with 7.2 and first in assists with 3.7 per game. Um, so this is a guy that can really, you know, feed into that offense where they they like to find the open shot and, um, you know, they, they're not selfish about who's taking it, who's scoring the points. I mean, they they're winning a lot of games and their leading average scorer is scoring 10.5 points per game. So that kind of tells you that they, they don't really care who scores the buckets. Right. Yeah. He's also six foot 11 again. So I'm just picking tall people this week. That's fair. We're playing some good three point shooting teams. So let's pick the tall people. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. Matt, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Igor Milicic. Uh, he's their leading scorer. So, six foot ten. Yeah. So they've got some size. Charlotte does. But anyway, Nathan, what are what are our chances here? Yeah, they're kind of spread out depending on who that you is... ask. Ken Palm gives Tech a 28 percent chance to win this game with a final score predicted of 62 to 68. So us losing by six. Massey gives Tech a 50 percent chance to win this game. A coin flip. What? Uh, 60 to 67 predicted, and that's with Tech winning by one. Do they think it's at home or something? Like, what's I, going on there? That's weird. Normally, Massey doesn't like Tech as much as other um, metrics do. That's interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, and ESPN BPI gives Tech an 18.2% chance to win. So yeah. it feels like <laughs> at, at worst, it's just getting completely decimated. At best, it's a coin flip. How do we feel like this game will go? Evan, you want to start us off? Yeah, I think we're going to lose. Um, this feels like a, a game that, you know, they're good across the board offensively. So if we shut down the three pointers, they're going to take two pointers. So then we'll have to adjust and then they'll just get hot from three. Right. I mean, they have they have several guys who can hit three pointers, including their six foot ten, um, you know, guy who plays the four Igor Milicic, who Matt just picked. He's hitting 41 percent from three. I don't know. It feels like the kind of team that, you know, they don't turn the ball over a lot. You know, they're pretty good at forcing turnovers, too. So it, it just feels like a weird road trip, New Year's Eve road trip, middle of the day. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel like a game we're going to win. I, I'll say 75 to 60. I just don't think we're in it. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? X going to win by 20. By 20. Yeah, I'm going with wow. 20 points. All right. Well, I'm not going to let you. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm, so, I'm yeah. here for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Tech goes 0-2 this week uh, after the predicted loss to UTSA. Charlotte's a much better team on in pretty much every phase of the game, unless every bounce goes our way and every shot goes our way kind of thing. I just don't see us winning this game, and I don't see it being close like Massey thinks either. I really think that we lose this game by like 12. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> Yeah, I predicted a 15 point loss, so I guess I just feel a little bit worse about it than you do. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong, but I I think you are wrong about UTSA, so we'll we'll disagree there. Well, we'll see who's right in a week. It's also been over a week since the women, the Lady Texters, have played. Even though they played zero basketball games, they fell a couple spots in Massey rankings, now ranked 152nd overall. They are currently 7-4 and overall in Zero and one in Conference USA play. This week, they'll take on UTSA Thursday at 7 o'clock Central Time in San Antonio and then return home for a rematch of last year's title game against Charlotte on Saturday at 2 p.m. Central Time. Both of those games will be streaming on CUSA.tv. Evan, what can you tell me about those two games that we'll play this week? Yeah, so UTSA, uh, pretty bad. They're 2-7, and seven, um, 257th ranked in Massey. But... Massey only gives us a 64% chance to win. It is on the road after all and says we'll win 65 to 59. Uh, Charlotte, a little down on their luck so far this year, five and five, but they're still ranked number 122. So I bet they've played some, uh, a tougher schedule. It's giving tech a 52% chance to win that game at home. Uh, kind of a toss up 64 to 63. So that one may be one it's worth to, uh, it's worth it to get that Conference USA TV uh, subscription dusted off, I guess, to watch no. that rematch. I, I can think of a much worse thing to do with our time than watch two good women's basketball programs go at it, even if the broadcast will be on CUSA TV. Yeah. You know someone who doesn't have to deal with CUSA.TV anymore because he's playing in either the NBA or the the G League. That's Kenneth Lofton Jr. Evan, what's this week's Tweet of the Week? Uh, Yeah, it's... The uh, Memphis Grizzlies official account at Memgrizz, uh, M-E-M-G-R-I-Z-Z. Uh, and it's our boy, Kenneth Lofton Jr., uh, wearing a fucking just fantastic Christmas sweater to the uh, Christmas Day game the Grizzlies played the other day. Yeah, I think he was given this Christmas sweater by um, Danny Green, I think he said yes. on his uh, on his Twitter uh, but yeah, it's got, it's got like 
you know, the little Christmas bows all over it and, you know, striped sleeves and everything. Yeah, just great. You know, absolute drip from Kenneth Lofton Jr. So got to give it up for that. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please on Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or if you want some drip to maybe not match juniors, but, you know, maybe get close, head to gtpdd.dog where you can hit, go to our store and buy the shirt of the month, the sweatshirt of the month, or just some of the other merch we have available all year long. Right now, it's nearing the end of December, so we still have the December shirt of the month. It's a fight song inspired fight, fight, fight for all red and blue with a cute little bulldog on it. You can still get that through the 31st, then January 1st with the new year. We'll have a new shirt and a new sweatshirt. And so keep your eyes open on Twitter and on the blog slash website slash shop center to see what that shirt will be, because you know you'll want that one too. gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. There's a guy who's not playing yet because he's a true freshman, but he's on their roster. His name is Rich Rolf. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What is his name? Rich. Rich as in a synonym for like having a lot of money and Rolf, R-O-L-F. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, well, never mind. We all retroactively choose Rich, Rich Rolf. Rolf, Rolf, as Rolf. A, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a Rich, guy who has played in zero games this year. He's our player to watch. Yeah, Rich Rolf. Uh, shout out. My uncle, Uncle Rolf, who um, I'll just put it this way on air. He uh, he affectionately refers to his garage as the Garage Mahal um, with good reason. So anyway, Rich Rolf, our good player. Pizza mobile. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>